previously on Just Cow in the City. It's too delicious. I must have more. I'm used to hanging out with Sarah Silverman, please. Even my piazza likes a culotta. Where the fuck's my truck? What is happening? I never eat like that. A British home requires nothing less. They gave us the employee discount. What's up? And a proper chimney sweep it is too. How about two snowbokers over here? Hey, Sarah Silverman. Well, and Todd Barry. And, and this guy. Just get in. Taller than your average Jew. Able to get high without paranoia. Able to stay out until all hours. Able to see plays without a nap. And who, disguised as old man Juskow, a lowly paralegal for a shitty law firm company, brings joyfulness and good vibes to a nation that needs to learn how to party down. Juskadan. Exciting episode of Just Go in the City. How are you? Nice to see everybody on a May 9, 2023. For some reason, May 9. Seems, no, I'm thinking of June 9th. June 9th? We can't make June 9th. That's for my uh, niece's bat mitzvah. You, that's a, it's a long story. I'm not going to go into it, but it's nice to see everybody. The weather's still chilly, but trying to break through into real sweet magic May weather. And that is what we want to see here on the Eastern Seaboard. Hello. Great to see everybody. I had a very interesting week. I think you're going to like it. I mean, Jessica Dan came out of retirement. I mean, you know, Jessica Dan kind of went to Philly, but uh, it wasn't a classic Jessica Dan. This had to be, this was a spontaneous Jessica Dan. Fell off a little bit because I didn't have the mindset. It was a very quick Jessica Dan. And uh, I will explain all of that to you as we just start from the very beginning. The very first place to start. Uh, yes, because, well, this edition is all going to be about musicals and everything in between. Uh, nice to see everybody. I don't know why I'm talking this way. I'm enjoying it. Looking outside, a beautiful day starting a little later tonight, Friday, about 6 o'clock. But everything's still daylight out, so it's pleasant. I just uh, woke up like, I don't know, like I was up and uh, not up and then up and I don't know. And then, I, you know, I woke up finally. I'm like, oh, my God, one thirty. What's going on here? And then I'm like, oh, I'm a loser, I'm a loser. And then I had some coffee, and I'm, now I'm a winner. I just got a lot of things done, which I didn't think I'd be able to do. I'm like, I got to do the podcast, I got to do the podcast. And uh, again, of course, I love doing the podcast. It was really not that big a deal. But let's just start again. Remember, also, next, no, this coming Monday, this coming Monday, folks, the big show at the Comedy Cellar just added to the show, Caitlin Palufo, you can look her up. No Brian Scott McFadden, so it's Dan Natterman, Marina, me, Alan Altman, Caitlin Palufo, and of course, make them laugh to a sellout crowd, hopefully, May 15th, 735 at the Comedy Cellar. Dave Juskow's back, and Jessica Dan will be performing. Jessica Dan 
will be, I'm just thinking about it right now, I will put myself in Jessica Dan character on Monday all day. I need to do that, otherwise I will have diarrhea because I have to go to work beforehand and you know how that gets me. So that's this Monday, May 15th. You know, I'm recording it because it's not like this one, but when this comes out, this Monday, what? Oh my God, that's going to be intense. But don't worry, it's only going to be fun. It's comedy, remember? Jessica Dan, he can handle it. He can handle it. Relax, everybody. Relax. Take a deep breath. Jessica Dan's in town, and he knows how to handle things. On Friday, when we last left, I hung up the podcast. Then I got a call from an interesting fella, and I, uh, it doesn't matter who it is at this point, and we'll see where it goes. But uh, this guy asked me if I wanted to do a, host a weekly show out in New Jersey by the Meadowlands on Saturday nights. And I said, I would love to do that. Now, obviously, if this actually happens, I'm going to be so angry at myself that I said yes. But it is going to be like one of the most important things to have a weekly show back again. So I'm all in. I'm just, you know me. I'm like, I'm doing something tomorrow with this girl. And and I'm just like, uh, I don't like to go out on Saturdays and Sundays after work. But I have to put myself out there because I must. Because it's pathetic to stay home all weekend, even though my weekends are Thursday and Fridays. And I always stay home on Fridays, but I went out yesterday. And again, we will get to that. So that is an interesting development. Then, Friday night, I watched this very interesting movie that you might like. My sister told me about it. And it's called, I think it's just called Tetris. And it's an Apple movie. And I watched it and I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's all about how the game Tetris came to America, and I guess it takes place in the 80s, and I highly recommend the movie. It's really interesting. It's a true story, or based on a true story. It's got the Russians involved, and you know how we hate them now, so no problems. Uh, Making fun of them and making them look foolish because they stink, and so it's fun. And, you know, you're just sitting there like, oh, yeah. How did Tetris uh, become such a phenomenon? So it's good. Casting is really good. Yeah, it's a good movie. Tetris, highly recommend it. Now, you know what I'm talking about. Meanwhile, on Saturday, my back just totally went out, and I know it's from carrying my neighbor's bags, but I am so embarrassed by it. I mean, why would it go out, right? right? All of a sudden, why would my back hurt? It hurt so much, and it was clearly just from carrying, like, you knew that was going to happen after last week when I was like pretending. I'm like, no, this is going to be great. It's going to be great. Don't worry about it. So I really didn't do that much because of the thing. And then I started watching this movie called Starting Over with Burt Reynolds and Jill Clayburgh and Candace Bergen. I saw it was on and I said, I'm going to tape it. And that's going to be one of the movies I'm going to watch before I go to work every day. You know, I'll watch 15 minutes here. I'll watch 15 minutes there because I really don't give a shit. But I was interested I've never seen the movie, but I remember it as a kid because it was Burt Reynolds. I wanted to see Burt Reynolds in a regular movie that wasn't Smokey and the Bandit or Cannonball Run. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to remember why Burt Reynolds became a star, that he could be in normal stuff, and I was fascinated by that. But I was also fascinated by this Jill Clayburgh because, again, I remember as a kid, and maybe you do too, that she was like the, the shit. And I always wondered why. You know, no one will ever talk about her again. But for some reason, she was a huge movie star. And she stinks. 
there. So I'm watching this movie. I'm like, all right, let's see what's so great about Jill Kleberg. I mean, off just my top of my head, I know she was in Silver Streak with Richard Pryor, which she was just okay. And then she was in this movie called An Unmarried Woman, which I never saw, but everybody seemed to like it. And apparently her specialty was playing unmarried women or having women try. I don't, I don't like an adult theme. She, I, I don't know what her deal was, how she became a star. She's not very attractive and she's not a very good actress. And in this movie starting over, Burt Reynolds leaves Candace Bergen, who's really pretty at the time, but still something awkward about her and goes out with this girl. And you just can't for the life of you figure out why he would like this woman. There's nothing likable about her. And I don't think it's just the performance because I got the same feeling from her in Silver Streak. And I just can't figure out for the life of me how she became a big star. You know what? I got to look that up on Wikipedia. Maybe there's some information because it's not like she was a beauty. I mean, this ain't like Angie Dickinson. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> it's not. Well, it's, you know what it's not like? It's not like Christopher Reeve, right? So, I mean, how many times on this podcast do we talk about how horrible an actor Christopher Reeve yet is, and yet I couldn't care less, and I want to see everything he's in because he's gorgeous to look at, and I guess because he's fucking Superman, I'm just all in for the rest of my life because I'm a fucking baby and a always a little boy. The same thing with Daniel Craig or or uh, Timothy Dalton even. If they played James Bond, Pierce Bronson, I'll be in on any, except for George Lazenby, I'm in on anything they do because they're, those characters mean so much to me. I just, I will follow them to the ends of the earth. So if you play Superman or James Bond, I'm all in. For some reason, I'm Batman. I don't care because I liked Michael Keaton anyway before he was Batman, but then it's even better. But I don't feel that way about Tobey Maguire, yet I love his Spider-Man. I'm trying to think if I, I mean, if I just, yeah, no, I didn't follow him as much as I did. Now, let's face it, Christopher Reeve's, gorgeous and joe clayberg's not and i just don't get it so i'm watching this movie and i'm like uh, let me see what the i remember when this movie came out i think it made a lot of money it's got burt reynolds and jill clayberg who was a big star in 19 from 1978 to 1980 and then and then it ended and and, and you know there's lots of women I always talk about this actress monica potter i mean this is off the top of my head i always think about it. for for three years for some reason, this girl who you couldn't find on an Instagram page or a, a, even a Google looking her up and see what she's up to was a huge star, you know, like just in all these, ah, maybe they were trying to make her a star. I don't know. And, you know, who gives a shit? You probably don't remember her name. I don't know why I do, because I guess at that time I was, you know, kind of crafting this what my life was going to be in my head that I'm fascinated by the way these things kind of go and the publicity that goes into filmmaking and all this stuff. And it wasn't like she was super attractive. She wasn't a good actress. It wasn't that great. Everything about it. So like, why is she, why was she like, like, you know, above the credits. And that's why I always get confused. So that's why you know, I was checking this thing out. It's, it's an awful movie starting over. It's got Charles Durning plays Burt Reynolds brother. Try and figure that one out. And Frances Steenberg, I think that's, is that a name? She plays Cliff's mom, plays his wife, plays Burt Reynolds' brother's wife. 
And Burt Reynolds, I mean, guy doesn't say anything for the entire movie. He just stands there, but he looks amazing. I mean, you know, he's a good-looking man, no mustache. And he's sitting there, and he, it, it's kind of a great performance by him because he says nothing, and maybe there was something to that. Maybe they said, like, it'll be just great if you stay, because he just he's so attractive, you can't figure out why he likes this girl. He's so good-looking by saying nothing. And, uh, you know, there's some comedy to it, but it's it's 70s comedy, and it's... It certainly doesn't stand the test of time. Candace Bergen has some interesting scenes where she's playing the songwriter, so she sings and she's horrible. So those things are funny, but like I said, 1970s funny, where you know they make just such better movies in these days. And of course, this was known as an adult movie, which is what they were making back then. They weren't making 16 Candles movies like that. It would take another five years for the great John Hughes to change things around. These were these adult movies that was all that we had back then, besides Star Wars that, you know, thank God. And I don't know, you know, it's just fascinating. All these movies I missed because I couldn't have cared less. I, I I think I started high school in 79, and I'm like, you know, why would I go to see Starting Over? Why would I want to see a movie about two divorced people getting together when you're 14 or 15? Exactly. So I'm like, well, let me check it out. I just remember. I remember it. So I watched it. You know, now I've watched it in its entirety over a week. And uh, everything about it just sucks. I cannot recommend it for the life of anybody. There's no reason to see it unless you just want to see that Candace Bergen used to be attractive. Maybe (laughs) it's really tough because she's still it's like I don't ever think I've seen her young. You know, Murphy Brown, obviously, she's older. Here she's older. I don't know how old she was. I was trying to look. I, I guess I didn't look it up, but she, like, was she ever young? Was she, is she like the guy that plays uh, Colonel Potter and MASH? Was he ever young? <laughs> you know you know what I'm saying? And especially with that that voice. Now look, Burt Reynolds, I've had just about enough out of you, and I think we've, uh, I think we've gone as far as this relationship can go. And I remember in this movie, they used the word fuck a couple times, and... I remember being a little shocked because I think the movie was rated R and it's probably just because of those two words. I don't even think there's any nudity in it. I don't think there is. It's just kind of funny that, you know, two F words constitute a rated R movie, which would now be, I think, PG-13, which, of course, was created for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Another fascinating story. And I have more about the ratings and all that kind of stuff coming up. As we move on with the week. Now, on Tuesday, if you saw the uh, Comedy Cellar show, you know that I had my friend Tiffany on. She is adorable. It is hilarious that she works for the MTA. I wish she had some more stories. She told me, because we went out after, that I could come to her office. And I really want to go. And I should have gone today, but I had gone out all yesterday. So I'll plan it for next week. Her offices are in the Port Authority in the basement where the subway is. You know what I'm saying? So it's like one of those things, like if any, if you've ever been in New York and you're in the subway station and you see those doors, people are walking in and out of, you're like, I wonder what happens back there. Well, apparently I can go in and see. It sounds ridiculous, but I can't tell you how intrigued I am. Because the fact of the matter is, again, if you're doing a podcast like Just Gow in the City, it can't just be about all, you know, I mean, listen, we, we mix it up here. I definitely have the highlights, the sophistication of these Sometimes parties you go to, the crummy snobatoriums, the, the high life, the Woody Allen aspect that you might see even in somebody's apartment building that's phenomenal 
or like that that girl we went out with uh, uh, what's her name uh, Jasmine and she's like well I have my own wing you know people like that 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 clearly live in this city in a different way than I do or other people do and then of course there's the complete seedy parts that we sometimes talk about and discuss and go by and and the danger and the the, the nightmarish and again I'm I'm not privy to the top of the top and I'm not thank God privy to the bottom of the bottom but I can bring you the in-between. So going to see the inner workings of the transportation system is one of those kind of things that is kind of interesting. I mean, we're not going to see the inner workings, probably just an office building, but I mean, there's something to it. You know, she told me something about the subway system where she's pretty much like, no one knows how it really works. And I believe that the system somehow runs. Everybody does their job. We know it's falling apart. Remember, it was built a hundred years ago. And, it, you know, it's just going to get worse and worse. And no, people are trying to fix it, but you can't fix what you can't stop running. You can't stop running the, the four or five line to spend 10 years to rebuild it. And it's almost impossible to rebuild structures underground everybody does the best they can and they keep it running for now but you know you do expect catastrophe in a number of years probably by the time i'm dead things will be really bad i mean if you if you've ever seen any of those news stories where they talk about the subway they show you the the way it works and the the lights and the, the it's it's on a hundred year old electric circuit so if we could find out that kind of stuff and I don't know, maybe somehow get underground, which is so cool, you know, I mean, I know that's not going to be the case, but what if you could get underground, go in the Lincoln Tunnel and somebody takes you on a tour of that? I mean, that would be something else, right? I mean, that's exciting stuff. Everybody, when we were kids, what was, what was the thing we liked the most? How are things made or something? There was this old show. I always sing the theme song in my head many times. I, I tell and I talk about it all the time called Dusty's Treehouse. I'm sure I've talked about it on the show because I love the theme song. Because it would go like this. So it was this guy, Dusty, sweet-looking guy, and he had a, a puppet squirrel. So you know I'm already in. And every episode was pretty much them going, let's see how jelly beans are made today. I mean, did we not worship that as kids? Wasn't that the most fascinating thing? And mostly it's just all photos of things on a conveyor belt. But uh, let's see how ice cream is made. When you're a kid. But the fact of the matter is those things are fascinating. And quite frankly... That's what David Tell was doing on Insomniac. He pretty much was doing Dusty's Treehouse, but as an adult who used to grow up on Dusty's Treehouse, let's go and see where beer is made. And let's see how people work late at night making beer. Since I'm the only, he's the only guy I've ever talked to that remembers the show, and I don't know whether it was syndicated or whether it was local or what it was. Again, I've looked it up online, and I just can't remember. But I do know that most of those kid shows were done by professors at universities so 
Hello. Maybe I can finally get my puppet show started now that I am a professor at a university. It's not a bad idea. So I just pause because I'm like, well, wait a minute. Because that's how this show, The Patrick Family, The Patchwork Family used to work. I've told you about that because I remember the entire song. Or maybe I sang it to Alana the Billy Joel. So we would like to have you as a member of The Patrick Family. There's plenty to do as a member of The Patrick Family. And I remember the whole song. And it was on Saturdays and Sundays at 7 a.m. with uh, Carol Corbett and Rags, the puppet. And everyone who created the show and who worked on the show, all the people that worked on the show were college professors at Rutgers. It was a completely local show, and that's why nobody remembers it except me. But I remember it was all people from Rutgers, the, the cooking lady, the, the, the painting people, the music guy, all Rutgers people. So why can't I have a, uh, a show with all the people from Montclair State University and make a kid's show? It's not the worst idea ever, so shut up. I just got to get a puppet. Well, I have my uh, dog, uh, Bernie. Well, hi, everybody. What a pleasant surprise it is. You know, when you join Patreon, it's me and Bernie telling you to join. What you're really going to like is to see the Just Guy with the City. It's so much fun. And when I say fun, I mean the opposite of fun. Bernie, stop it. Don't tell them that. What am I supposed to tell them? What am I supposed to lie? (laughs) Bernie is a loose cannon, I'll tell you. I mean, I got a whole bunch of puppets here. You see my puppet pics. I got Calico who, of course, talks like Tony Roberts from Annie Hall. Now, look, I've had just about enough. I mean, if we're talking about Thanksgiving, then we are talking about a massacre of Indian people, and all of a sudden we're celebrating. I mean, this is the characters that are on the show. That's a character. You know who's a guy? Kramer. That's a character. I could be a character on the show. Elaine. I'm mixing up the genres here, but, uh, yeah, so that would be super fun. Anyway, after the show, I uh, say, let's go out for a drink. So I'm going to my bar. I love my bar. But now, so get this, Sunday night, I see a Facebook message saying the owner of the bar died, right? (laughs) I was like, what? And this is the owner who was very nice to me, but my friend Lindsay fucking hated. Like, she's like, I'm not working there if she's going to be there. She told the main owner, this guy, Vincenzo, she said, "If, if she's there, I'm out. And so... They told her that she's like, you can't work it because we all want Lindsay here because Lindsay's the fucking greatest and she brings in customers because she's the fucking greatest person ever. And this woman would still come in anyway because she's like, she's not going to tell me what to do. But And Lindsay's just too cool to snap or do anything. So she did the best she could. Try, this woman tried to stay out of her way, but now she's dead, so it doesn't matter. It's really weird. I mean, I, I saw her last week and then they're just like, yeah, she, I was like, I thought it was a gag. I'm like, wait, are they just saying this so Lindsay will come back to work? But she's dead. Anyway, thanks to Lindsay having that baby, there's this other complete douchebag who works there now, some fucking foreign guy, and he sucks. And I think I told you last week, it took me like 30 minutes to get a drink. I didn't serve me. I was like, fuck this guy. I walk in there with Tiffany. He doesn't know who I am. (laughs) I know. Don't you even know who my father is? He's like, you could sit at the table. And there were bar seats. And I'm like, who the fuck? And I just said, Tiffany, we're leaving. This guy's a fucking asshole. Because I went back there afterwards without Tiffany, like when my friend Todd was there after nine, and I just kept screaming about that. I'm like, see that fucking asshole sitting at that guy's a fucking dick. I'm never coming in again when he's here. And I was hoping he was going to hear me because I swear to God, this guy's a fucking prick and a half. And I, you know how I've been going to this bar for years. I love everybody there. And this is not acceptable behavior, you know? So 
this is all Lindsay's fault. This is all this is all this is like with Ben Affleck. I you know, I hate Ben Affleck forever for multiple reasons. Now it turns out he really is a douchebag, but because he knocked up Jennifer Garner and ruined the show alias and thus doing it. So Lindsay's husband, Jeff, has ruined my life by knocking her up and now she can't serve me drinks at the bar. You know, fuck that guy. And the fact of the matter is he's a lovely guy, so it's a, I'm just angry because for complete selfish reasons. <laughs> but we're just praying that that kid's got to grow up so uh, Lindsay can get back there at least once a week, at least on Mondays. Uh, God, you know, when you find your little, your little slice of heaven and then somebody just ruins it, it stinks. So we went, we went around the block looking. I'm like, well, I don't even know where to go if I'm not going there. I don't even know where to go. And I said, well, I know this one place, the Zinc Bar, which I've been going to for years when it was a different name. So we went there. It was all right. It's just all right. And of course, what happens there? Fucking credit card machine brings over the thing. Three times this week, four, maybe four. They bring over, it's happening, folks. They bring over the handheld credit card shit. Um, oh, and you know what? Because it happened before that. Because Tiffany goes, hey, I'm going to get coffee at Cafe Reggio's before the show at the cellar, which is right on McDougal next door. So I said, I'll buy you some coffee. We'll get three cappuccinos. We'll give one to Mike. I go in. They give me that fucking thing. My card doesn't have a chip. So they're angry at that. Or it doesn't have the tap. So then I'm using, I got another card from the university. And that ain't work. And they also, the, the code on it, my, my, my pin is letters. And they only have numbers, so I can't figure out what it is. And we're just having a lot of trouble. And I'm like, you guys stink. And this service fucking stinks. And go fuck yourself. And then it happened again at the zinc bar. And the guy's holding it in his hand. And I'm like, can you just walk away? Because, you know, like, again, with the tip, it starts at 20%. It goes 20, 25, 30. You got to slide it over to get to 15. And we just had two fucking drinks. Is it worth 20%? I don't know whether I'm coming back. You know what I'm saying. Again, not trying to be cheap. You know I'm not cheap. But that just sucks. I think that guy left the thing with me, but both credit cards were not working. He could not figure out how it worked, and then I had to use another, and I was so angry because I'm like, this your machine fucking stinks. Fuck you. These are good cards. They work everywhere else. Oh, Fuck. That's becoming a real fucking pain in the ass. I can't believe it. I know they can bring the credit card machine over, but somehow it seems like everything has gone backwards. And they all try and tap it. They take the card and they tap it. And I never say anything because it's hilarious. Now, why my bank, Citibank, doesn't have a card you can tap is why I can't wait to leave them. So... I don't know what their fucking deal is, but I love watching people continue to tap it. And I just sit there and I never say a word. It's hilarious every fucking time. Fuck them. Fuck this stupid card machine. I hate it. You know I do. And it's getting worse and worse. Everyone's got one now. I call it credit card douchery. And so I wrote it down in my notes. So meanwhile, I'm waiting for, uh, I'm waiting for my friend Katie is in town from Florida and she hasn't been here since COVID. I'm excited to see her. And she told me she had a dinner that was going to last until 8.30, but then apparently we totally miscommunicated. So I guess it was fit. I'm like, I'm just with my guests, but that always meant like, join me. So I was waiting for her, but then something happened. She went home and my friend John Vitti was in town from Boston. And then he went home. I, I don't know what happened, why people couldn't join. I was ready to hang out all night, 
So I dropped Tiffany off at the subway, and then I went back to the bar because the better bartender was in there, and I had a couple drinks there. And then this girl came up with this great plan, which I wrote down because I'm going to try and use it if I can in my, uh, quote, uh, my comedy show, my talent show, as Rachel's mom calls it. And it's called her Cinderella Alarm. And it went off at 10 o'clock. And it was this girl at the bar. And she goes, that's my Cinderella alarm. And I'm like, what does that mean? She goes, it means if I leave right now, I finish this drink and I leave, I'll get my required amount of sleep and you know, I'll wake up rested tomorrow. And I'm like, well, that's fucking brilliant. So it'll be funny for me to say, you know, I even set my Cinderella alarm. I, damn it. That's a tongue twister. I even set my Cinderella. Oh my God. I'm not going to be able to say it. I even set my Cinderella alarm. And yet I still woke up with a hangover, you know, so something like that, which is so funny for, you know, a boy to say that. Like, I just wanted to go off and be like, what's that? What's that alarm for? Oh, that's my Cinderella alarm. What does that do? Well, that means if I leave right now, then I'll look really well rested and wonderful tomorrow. <laughs> Hello. Where's my slippers? <laughs> that means when I go home at 10.01, I enter this dwelling at 10.02. My pipe, sherry, and paper are required. At 10.03, I put the kids to bed. You see, oh, how it is the life I lead. I uh, Yesterday, that was <laughs> a British home. I know I was doing it too much last week, but I can't help myself. Okay, right. So I guess I'm a little buzzed or drunk. I don't remember. And I'm like, well, now how am I going to get home? Should I take the subway? But I didn't. I walked. And I walked up. And I'm like, you know what? I haven't had anything to eat since about noon. So now it's about 11. So I'm going to stop at the halal place. And then I'll try and take a bike. Yes. Then I'll try and take a bike from there. I'll walk to 14th and 1st from the village, which is exactly what I did. And this time, instead of getting the chicken and rice platter, I got a chicken and lamb combo sandwich that I could wrap up like a gyro and put it in my pocket and ride the bike home, which is exactly what I did. So I have this sandwich wrapped in aluminum foil and I'm like pretty wasted where I'm like, I've got to do this photo for the bonus show because my listeners will appreciate this. I tried the best I could. I don't know why I was able to do that video with me walking in the parking lot, but this one, I just could not do it. My home, uh, I tried to take a selfie with me holding the sandwich in my hand, and I'm, I was trying to recreate the scene from Casino where the cops gun down that guy, and they find out he has a sandwich, a big fat fuck, and he's holding a sandwich, and they think it's a gun, but he's holding the exact kind of same sandwich that I have. And I'm like, well, no one's going to know what this is, but the people who listen to my show will. And I told my friend John Weisman about it, and he didn't, I said, what do you think this scene is from? Of course, you can't guess it. But then when I told him, he was dice, like, with a fist pump, because he totally understood after I explained it to him. But I can't wait for you to see it on the bonus show. It's so stupid. I don't even think I got my face in it. But I'm trying to make the move coming out of the car. <laughs> it's, it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, who thinks that way? This is why I can't concentrate on anything else. Because, because the way this sandwich is wrapped 
That's what, oh my God, this sandwich is so funny. It's just right out of casino. People are like, what are you fucking even talking about, you moron? Shot blue because I thought his hero sandwich was a gun. You know, they could have been right, but who knows? Jesus Christ. What gun? He's got a fucking hero sandwich here. What do you want? It's pitch black out it's here. Black. It's in foil. It looks like a fucking gun. You fucking moron. I'll be filling out paperwork for the next two months because God, you and his piece of shit. Look like a jerk Again, you want to see one of the greatest photos ever tried to be taken and tried to recreate, and you want to join the Maggie level of Patreon for this one photo alone (laughs) because only men will understand. (laughs) Uh, Because even if a girl, and I think I was out with my friend Alina yesterday, she said, oh, Casino's my favorite movie. But she's only going to know the Sharon Stone part. She's not going to. Women do not understand selected scenes, which is why Tiffany was so cool. She totally gets it. She's one of us. She knows all the scenes. For some reason, this young girl knows all the old stuff. That's why I liked her so much. And I, I don't like that we're, we don't, we're not as close as we used to be because she's really terrific and knows all the stuff we know. And then, of course, Wednesday, you know, I got up, so I don't know, I slept for a couple hours knowing full well I was going out after work on Wednesday. Well, no, I had I had this plan. Now, I knew I was going to see Katie, and we usually drink a lot, but we're older now, so it's a little better. We used to stay out till like 4 or 5 in the morning. Well, now nobody does in Manhattan, plus being older. So I'm like, ugh, I wish I could take my stuff home. I mean, I don't have to meet her till 6, so technically I can come home, drop off my stuff, and go out again. But you know I hate that. So you know what I decided to do? I left at lunchtime, got home at 2 o'clock, took the, city, took the city bike home, made it home in a half an hour from the Staten Island Ferry to my house, and then worked for two hours and was able to drop off my stuff and meet her at 6.30. It was 6.15. It was perfect. It was a great plan. It, it was a great plan. And then it turned out that there wasn't that much work going on, but uh, you know I was ready if there was. And then Jeff Ross sent me a link to Sarah Silverman's mother's funeral, her stepmom's funeral, because uh, Sarah's stepmom died the other day. And he sent me the link. And I'm like, okay, perfect. I'm glad I'm home because I could you know, watch it and do work. And it's great. Nothing's coming in. And of course, as soon as he sent the link, all this work came in. And this, and this like thing happened where I just got angry, I was yelling and screaming because something happened, like people weren't paying attention to my notes, and I was like really angry about it, like because it's just I'm like, God damn it, like all we do is the, the, this, the whole thing, all we do is communicate, good morning everybody, on Teams, you know, Teams, right, we're all like, hey, everybody's great, everybody's great, and then when you actually need to find out if anybody's doing anything, nobody communicates back. I was like going crazy, I don't know why, because I guess because I was like, I'm watching this funeral, and I'm just getting, you know, what the fuck? And I'm just watching the few, you know, basically when I tuned in, they were putting dirt on her grave. So I I guess that affects your mindset. You're like, I don't want to watch it. It's fine. It's so weird being in the background. So I guess I just freaked out because I'm just like, I'm not trying to concentrate on this, but I have this poor girl's mom dead in the background and I'm concentrating on work and I'm like, my life stinks because I cannot be with my friend right now and even though it was in california uh, and i hate my job in a case like that where you know these guys are comedians so they're free during the day i you know that kind of stuff 
that kind of stuff. That's all. But it was no big deal, and everything got done, and by 4 o'clock, everything was complete. It's out of my mind. Everything's fine. My weekend begins. I go out. I meet Katie. We uh, go to this place. that She's on 30th and Park, which is like a weird area. But it turns out there's a bar there. Now, I can't remember the name of it. It wasn't very good, but we went in. It was very simple. We go in, and we order. She orders an espresso martini. I ordered a martini. And it took like a half hour to get, and there's no one there. And we're like, what the fuck? We just want to have a drink before we have dinner. The guy was very nice, and he apologized about it, but it was like really like, you know, we just needed a drink, and she was uptight. I was uptight. Obviously, one drink is going to solve all of our problems. And it was just taking so long to come. But the guy turned out to be real nice. He was so nice because then we ordered some more stuff. And I got pictures. I got pictures of that whole night. Katie's so pretty. That he gave us two chips that we could actually have free drinks there at another time. And she's not going to be there. So I could take one of you guys. You know, anonymous if you're around. <laughs> yeah, so the place turned out to be okay. I, had, I think I had another martini, which is rare. But I was enjoying it. And then... Somebody brought us over shrimp cocktail, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's, we ordered that, but we didn't, and I was lying. And then I'm like, oh, that looks really good. And she goes, yeah, we should get some. And I'm like, you know what, Katie? You're all right. Because you know how I love shrimp cocktail. It looked great, and it was so much cheaper than anywhere else, including the Dino and Harry's place, you know, because we're with 525 with shrimp there. And it was just as big and beautiful and delicious, and it was only like 16 bucks for like six of them. It was fantastic. It was delicious. And then I think, do we also have another drink? Did I possibly have a beer there too? Yeah, I think I had a Sierra Nevada there too. Maybe even another one. We left there pretty wasted. It was fun. And then we were meeting our friend Andrea, her friend from like high school, but who I know very well. In fact, I tried to contact because she lives in Brooklyn. Now I was trying to see if she knew anything for Dory's looking for a place to live out there, you know? And she goes, oh, she's going to meet us at 8.30. I said, listen, listen. Uh... I don't know, maybe you're a little fucked up. You know, you've been uh, away a long time, but uh, I don't shine shoes anymore, you know? And she's like, what? Yeah, I don't shine. Maybe you haven't heard because you've been up there. You know, it's like, I don't shine shoes anymore. Like, get your fucking shine. But no, no. What I said was like, maybe you don't know how the city works anymore, but uh, Andrea should know because she lives here. You can't have dinner at 830 anymore. Maybe maybe you don't get it. You know, maybe you're a little fucked up. <laughs> I know I keep doing the uh, switching from Goodfellas to Casino. What? I said no more shines. Maybe you didn't hear about it. You've been away a long time. They didn't go up there and tell you. Uh, I don't shine shoes anymore. Relax. What are you fuck crying out? What's, what's got into you? I'm breaking your balls a little bit. That's all. I'm only kidding with you. Sometimes I mean, you don't sound like you're kidding. You know, there's a lot of people around. I mean, I'm only kidding with you. We're having a party. I mean, I just came home. I haven't seen you in a long time, and I'm breaking your balls, and you're right away you're getting fucking fresh. I'm sorry. I don't mean right. to offend you. I'm sorry, too. It's okay. No problem. Okay. Salud. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking mutt! You, you fucking piece of shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on! Come on! Let him go. 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 Let I said, you can't have dinner at 8.30 anymore. She's like, why? He's like, you can't have dinner late at night anymore. So, and that's 8.30 is not late at night, but it is. And you're not going to believe what happened because I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm being selfish because I'm mad that she's coming late and I just want to eat at like 7 o'clock, 6.30. But I'm like, that's ridiculous. Who am I kidding? They stay open later. Well, they don't. We go to Serafina 
on Madison Avenue's brand new location. I didn't know it existed. And I like these places, Serafina. There's like four of them in the city. They're pretty reasonably priced. And they're okay places. They're very pleasant. They're not crummy snobatoriums. You know what I mean? So they're decent. I like them. They don't try and be something they're not. And we get there. We order drinks. Andrea spilled again, but it didn't get on my pants. So, but she broke the glass. So again, the fucking dumb twat. I swear, I'm sorry. You know, I fucking hate spilling shit. These girls cannot fucking handle their liquor. They are always spilling shit. And it's getting on my goddamn nerves. You know, that's like my pet goddamn peeve. Anyway, we order drinks. We order appetizers. And we're positive we ordered our food. And of course, the waiter fucked up as usual. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know whether it's me. I intimidate people. I don't know what the issue is. He sends the manager over and he goes, you guys, uh, you can't order anymore. The kitchen's closed. It was 848. He goes, the kitchen closes at eight. It was 848 and the kitchen closes at 840. They sat us at eight. I don't even know. I don't even know what to tell you folks. I don't even know. My time's right, but that this is what happened. And we said, but we put our order in already. Like the guy totally fucked up, and that's why he had to send the manager over to our table. Or like, why would you? Why did you see us then? Meanwhile, this manager was very nice. When I walked in, it was the strangest thing. He just took to me, and I didn't even say anything. Katie did all the talking, and he goes, "I like this guy. This guy's all right. I, he must have just spotted a fellow Jew or something because he kept using all this Jewish terminology." He goes, "Hey, my mishpucha." Why don't you come with me? I want to show you something. I want to show you the downstairs area. You're going to like it. And he brought me and a couple of models into this down. He was like, hey, if you ever want a private party here, this is a great place. Like, I, I didn't even say anything. It was just, I told you, it was one of those things that always happens to me. We're like, this guy, hey, he's all right. He looks cool. And he took me downstairs. He's like, yeah, here's my card. You got to call me if you want a private party. I'm like, it's actually kind of great. We uh, Sometimes we are looking for a place like this. He brought me down with these girls. I don't know where they came from. They were really hot. I don't think they spoke any English, but then, of course, after the Billy Joel show, we know that they might just be pretending that <laughs> they don't. But anyway, they served us dinner, and we had it. Again, pictures of all. I think I finally got pictures of my food <laughs> because I've been saying I, I keep cutting my food off. And I got pictures of the three of us, of course, me and Katie and Andre. Lots of photos. Photos of us walking around with the Empire State Building all lit up and stuff. You're going to like it. If you like Just Guy on the City, listen, you're going to like it. Took a lot of city photos, a lot of city-friendly photos, which is why we renamed the podcast Just Guy on the City. So, yeah, we had a really good time, but they they were totally, they're like, oh, we should go. They want us to go. We're the last table there. This happens all the time. It's just on my sister. I'm like, you can't go to a meal. I can't go to a meal anymore where I'm not getting kicked out of the place for wanting to hang out and have another drink. It's a fucking nightmare. If you don't go to a restaurant in this city, in New York City, think about that. Try saying that in 2018. You'll look like a dick. Like, where are you going in this city? You can't go to a place, I'd say after 7 o'clock, if you want to have a nice leisurely dinner. And when I say seven, I'm conservative on that. I'm saying you got to get to a restaurant at fucking six o'clock. If you want to have a nice three hour relaxing, let's have a drink first. Then let's have our appetizers. Then we'll order. You want to do a nice relaxing night, a couple of cocktails. Forget getting there at eight o'clock. That's over. Those days are completely fucking over. Eight o'clock. You believe that? 
And the weird part is like, what do I always say my perfect date is, right? Going out early on a Saturday, like seven, you know, having the meal, having a cappuccino with the, and going home and watching TV. And that was before COVID. But now it's imperative that you go early because you're going to be kicked out of the restaurant. And that sucks. We might have had dessert and they offered us dessert because, again, the manager liked me. I don't know why. He was very nice and friendly. We were like, no, you guys are getting ready to go. It'd be, it would be a dick move, I guess, on us. So, right? This blows. Like, what is the purpose of living here? Because the whole key to moving here, and somebody like me who was not an insomniac, but maybe I just liked being up late my whole life. I love staying up till 2, 3 in the morning. It was always, it's still exciting for me. I don't like going to sleep early. That's why this job stinks in, in that kind of way. And, and so what do you move to New York City for? Why are you moving to New York City? I mean, yeah, the action. But what's the action for me? Late night activity. Well, growing up in Jersey, I, I stay at my sister's house at 9 o'clock. I'm like, well, I guess everything's closed. You know, things are different outside the city. Then the city, you do stuff, you know, you're 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. I mean, it wasn't it just made sense to me being a late night person. But that's over. And that doesn't matter anymore that much because I'm older and I don't mind getting home earlier and doing stuff earlier. So thank God. But do I feel bad for somebody who's 23 and just moving to the city and looking for a good time? They'll find a good time. And there are places that still stay open, I guess, late. But it's different. Really different. And to just continually get kicked out of restaurants at 945 in New York City is unacceptable. So then we want to drink more because that's what we do. Have one more drink somewhere. And I was like, I don't know where we go. We're on Madison Avenue. And then I said, let's go to this place. And Andrea is such a boob. She, she, I was like, oh, why don't we go to Rio Grande? And she's like, oh, I just came from there. And I'm like, why don't you mention that? That it would, why didn't you mention that earlier? You know, like, why didn't you have us meet us there? We like that place. That would have been a good place to meet for dinner, you dope. I don't know what her story is. She's a weirdo. Anyway, we're going around, and then I remember this place. Oh my God, the junction on Lexington Avenue, like 37 or something, 38. I'm like, oh my God, why, how did I forget this place? That place will definitely be open. Because, of course, real right, there's closed. All the those bars on Third Avenue, they're closed. They're closed. At 10 o'clock at night, these are bars. But I know there's one place on Lexington Avenue that makes no sense that it's there, but it's perfect for us. And we go in. And the last time I was there, I think, or maybe I'd been there a couple other times. Oh, yeah, I went in there with Audrey once in the time before. Remember, I went with that drunk girl and we were fooling around and she ended up peeing in her pants. Does anybody remember that story? Is it just me? <laughs> She's like, yeah, you, yeah you, you, look, you don't look Jewish, so it's okay to fool around. And I'm like, oh, th- thank you. What is that from? Uh, yeah, that's um, Annie Hall. You know, you're what Grammy Hall would call a real Jew. Thank you. <laughs> There's no response to that. Except, yeah, you, you you don't look Jewish, so I guess it's all right. I mean, I, you know what you know what that means means you do look Jewish. Uh, but they're just being. But they're so drunk. They're like, you could pass for Italian. Thank you. Meanwhile, she was so pretty. You know, I let it go. You you were so beautiful. What was the the, the what are you on again? It's um. Something about this girl was, uh, yeah, something like uh, he's in therapy. He goes, my therapist told me, warned me to not to go out with you, but you were so beautiful. I changed therapists. Something like that. Well, uh, 
You know what Grammy Hall would call a real Jew? Thank you. Yeah, well, you know, she hates Jews. She thinks that they just make money. But let me tell you, I mean, she's the one. And is she ever? I'm telling you. Anyway, we went to this place, the junction. I go to the bartender. And I get, and she goes, they went, the girl, Andrea went to the bathroom. I go, well, yeah, this is my friend Kate, you know, and I'm Dave. And uh, then there's our stupid, dopey friend, Andrea. She's an idiot. I don't know what she wants to drink. Something like that. And that girl thought that was the funniest thing, calling my friend a dope. <laughs> it was, oh, my God, I think that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Your dopey friend. Oh, my goodness. She, you're so funny. I guess, I don't know what was happening that night. I, I don't think I did anything special. I, I was on fire. I, 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 again, I... I, I I was I was off. I I didn't I wasn't saying that much, and I wasn't even in a great mood. I it's like when George Costanza was doing that thing with that Asian woman who thought he was hilarious. He goes, and and I'm tired today too. You know, I'm not even this isn't my best. <laughs> I you know it's one of those nights where it's just working, and you don't know why. And it seemed like a good night to go out and meet a girl. I guess I I was uh, giving must have been giving positive vibes off, which clearly I don't usually give to women. Uh, you know, I am definitely doing the risky business. The women could smell ignorance. I, but that night, I something was happening. I can't explain it. So I was just saying what I normally. Eh, this fucking dope doesn't know what she wants. She's like, ah, ha, ha. oh my god, you're so funny. That's the funniest thing I've heard in a in a year. And I'm like, oh, no wonder you work at this bar. This is a nightmare. But we had a really nice time. Just uh, drank some more drinks and. I walked them back to the hotel because that's what you do as a gentleman. We took some photos. Had a really nice night. Let them go. And then I'm like, I guess I'll walk back home, even though it was a little nippy. But what am I going to do? I'm on like Park Avenue. There's there's no other way to get home. I'm not taking a cab. I'm definitely walking, even though I'm like done. And then all of a sudden, I needed sugar again. I'm telling you, I'm going through a phase. I mean, I was, I was high again, too, and drunk. And... I stopped at a CVS on 53rd, and I don't even know what I wanted. But I guess we never had dessert, so that must have had something to do with it, and I need the balance. I don't think I took a picture of it because I was too embarrassed, but when I tell you what I got, you're going to be like, how the fuck old are you, you fucking weirdo? I went to the CVS that's open 24 hours on Lexington Avenue, and I got a, a strawberry soda, and circus peanuts. <laughs> and I ate and drank both of them. Like a th- seven-year-old. And more like a seven-year-old black kid, I guess. Because <laughs> the grape soda. I don't know. <laughs> as racist as that is. I mean, I mean, what the fuck was that about? I think I went the next day when I woke up and I saw some of the circus peanuts left over. And I had some, thank God I didn't eat and drink all of it. I was like, what the fuck? fuck what 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 <laughs> that sugar strain i think it's a real thing or i'm going to some sort of crazy phase i mean i don't know what that was but it, i knew it was hilarious and then i took some pictures on my way home i went i passed 277 park 277 park avenue i took a picture now that's where i all started i first came to town I was living in Astoria in 1987, 88. I was working at the Chemical Bank building, 277 Park. I was thinking, I'm like, oh, my God. I was working there with 35. I was like, said 40, but I'm like, okay, it's not that. 
it's like 35 years ago. And I was thinking, it, I guess, oh, because I was walking through the MetLife building and my friend Laura works there. And I was like, God, I've been coming to buildings that I work in late at night knowing the security people for so many years. And then I was thinking, oh my God, in 1988, when I had my public access show, which because I lived in Queens, I couldn't get. It was only in Manhattan. I went to where I worked and I knew the security guard. His name was Kimani. And he let me and my girlfriend in late at night because they had Manhattan cable there. And he let me watch the show so we could watch it together. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's so weird. Because, you know, what do I do when I walk in my building now? The first thing I do for the first 10 minutes of the day, I talk to the security guard. This guy's name is John. And we talk about the Mets. We talk about the Devils, the Rangers. It's just so funny. I always have had a relationship with the uh, with people in the building all the time. You know, I love it. I mean, that's, that's what I love about everything, though. It's like no matter where I went, even like... Uh, I guess when I'm on like sets and stuff, you know, I always have just like relationships with people. I like talking to people. I like learning about them and I like talking and talking bullshit. It's like I love it kind of. And I, I like having something to say and I just like talking about regular stuff and then, you know, maybe maybe talking about more serious stuff later once you get to know them. I'm having a tough day, you know, my friend died and, you know, you, you know once you know them a little bit, I know that's weird, but. That's a nice that's a nice perk about living anywhere, you know, talking to just people. And that's why it's weird that I stay in my house so long because I am a strange people person and yet then sometimes I just like being alone. I I can't figure myself out sometimes. Very strange, man. But anyway, I have pictures of all these places walking down Park Avenue. I thought you'd like it again. Plenty of city photos this week. Should be fun. And so get this, right? So this is this is the best. Jessica Dan came out on Thursday night, Thursday afternoon. I call my, so the car's not ready. I call on Wednesday. I'm like, hey, I'm calling Bob. It's not ready. Aha. Uh-huh. And it's so funny. Think about this. I'm yelling and screaming at my boss about nobody paying attention to my team's comments, right? The stupidest thing. I'm yelling and screaming that I can't get a drink at the bar. I'm yelling and screaming. They're not they're making us leave early. The smallest fucking things I'm yelling and screaming. They tell me my car's not ready and still in peace. I'm like, eh, no problem. <laughs> it's like that's the stuff people get upset about because my boss is going through that now. So if something's wrong with her car. She bring back the dealership. They're like, we got to rebuild your engine. Now she's in an uproar about it. Can you blame her? That's the worst thing a mechanic can tell you. We got to rebuild the engine. You know the, the expense. That's when you say maybe it's worth getting a new car. The warranty's still on it. Everybody's giving her shit. You know, that's the stuff you get upset about in life. And for me, when it comes to that car, there's something so calming. Like when I'm driving, I'm calm. When I'm looking for parking, I'm calm. This is the stuff that normal people get uptight and upset about. This makes me the most opposite person. Yeah, it's not ready yet. Three weeks it's been at that shop, and I couldn't have cared less. In fact, I was thrilled because I didn't have to go visit my mother that week because I had an excuse. What the fuck is the matter with me? I don't know. But that is why you love this podcast. Because you will never meet anybody like me. That's weird. Three weeks it's been in the shop. I dare you to be so lackadaisical about your mechanic telling you guys that, especially if you don't live in the city. Obviously, that's part of it. I don't have to use the car. But it's so funny. When that is the worst thing to happen to most people in life. 
Can I get a loner? No, we don't do that. What the? People get so upset. I'm just like, three, oh, yeah? Will it be finished next week? We're not sure. All right, well, let me know, all right? Hey, <laughs> Jessica Dan, Damone, what's up? So I make plans for Thursday. I call my friend Aline. I say, hey, you want to meet me at that breakfast place where me and Molly uh, Heckerling were? And she goes, yeah, yeah, sure. So I'm really excited about that. I get to see my cleaning lady for a little bit, and then I take the bike up there. I'm really excited. And she goes, hey, uh, this is last minute, but I'm... She said she had to go early because she has to go all the way to Coney Island. She's getting a facial in Coney Island. She's Russian, and she loves going to the Russian places, so whatever. I told her not to talk about being Russian anymore, you know, like because uh, she's so proud of her Russian heritage. I'm like, yeah, well, nobody likes that anymore, so be careful. But she loves going to Coney Island. She goes, hey, you want to come with me? Because then I could drive out there, and I could drive you home. And I'm like, do I want to? Yeah, you just sit in the car, wait for me, and uh, but then you can come. I can get you home by 4 o'clock. Cause I, oh, because... My sister called and asked me if I wanted to go see Oliver on Thursday night. On, on Wednesday, she said, do you want to see Oliver with me? I have an extra ticket. Uh, you know, the musical. And I'm like, okay. Because again, I'm, tr- I'm thinking of the podcast. I'm thinking I got to do stuff. So I'm like, it's my day off. I'm not going to Jersey. The perfect day to say yes. It's also right by my house. Perfect. So she's like, I can get you home by four. And I'm already, you know, now normally I'd be panicked. I was panicked because I'm like, I need a nap before I see because I'm meeting you. Then I've got to go home, take a nap so I can be refreshed for the show. She goes, do you want to come with me? We'll get high. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put myself in my Jessica Dan character for a moment here. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Okay. So I'm getting in the Jessica Dan character. But remember, I only have 15 minutes to get into character. And I really need a few days to put yourself in the true Jessica Dan. So there were some blips. For instance, we went to her house and she's getting ready. All right. Now I know what time she has to be there, but I'm sitting there and I'm not saying a word. She's like doing all this stuff and we're just sitting there. But I'm to myself, I'm thinking, why aren't we leaving? I know she has an appointment at two o'clock, but I'm not saying anything because Jessica Dan is here. Jessica Dan's on the case. Jessica Dan is such a hilarious character. Let's face it, folks. So we leave. We get in the car. By the time we're driving, she's like, oh, my God, we're not going to make it. I'm going to be late. Fuck. And I'm, and, and I'm like, well, I didn't want to say anything because I was in my Jessica Dan character because she knows about it. I was trying to figure out why we weren't leaving earlier. Because you know, normally I'd be like, shouldn't we be going? But I'm like, hey, hey, Jessica Dan is a Demone. It's pretty much Demone. You want to be like Demone. But there were just, I just put myself in the character a little too late. So I wasn't fully there. So I had to mention it, you know? Meanwhile, also something happened. Some Venmo she sent didn't get to somebody. And so she's having a little panic attack and she's texting while she's driving. And let me tell you that if Jessica Dan was not in Jessica Dan mode, Jessica Dan was getting annoyed because I'm like, do I really have to tell her to please not do that while she's driving? Now, I usually trust her driving, but come on, man. She's, you know, that ain't cool. I'm like, just pull over and handle this, you know? I mean, but she's like, oh, I'm not going to make the appointment. And I'm like, hey, whatever, babe, right? It's cool, man. I'm like, Ugh. but inside, getting a stomachache. Jessica Dan's getting annoyed. But I say nothing. So she gets to this place and just double parks. And she's like, yeah, I'll see you in 30 minutes. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. You're just going to leave me here? She's like, yeah. 
And I'm like, no, 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 no. And I'm trying to be cool. I'm like, just, I'll move the car. I'll find a place. No, you don't have to. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not fucking sitting here for having our double parked. Right. And I'm like, this is a really selfish thing to do to somebody who just asked me to come with her that I'm going to sit in the passenger seat for 30 minutes. I mean, it's so selfish. Just the double parking part. I knew what I was getting into when I was going to park. I th- although I thought the place was in a different place. But this is a very, this is in Coney Island or Brighton Beach. It's like a very populated area. And double parking is just leaving me there without the keys would be just so uncool. So I moved the car and I parked it somewhere right down the street. I mean, it couldn't have been any easier. And I sat there for 30 minutes, completely content. Nobody called. As soon as she comes back, she calls my accountant calls. I got to talk to him. And I'm like, of course, it's all happening at once. Anyway. She gets back in the car, and everything's fine. I get back in. She goes, hey, I want to pick up these uh, things, these potato things. I got to pick up these things. I want you to have one. I'm like, I really don't want one. No, you got to have one. You got to take it home tomorrow. Try. I still haven't tried it. She likes doing all this stuff with the little you know, outside places. But this, this, this place is a dump. And I do keep saying, this place is disgusting. She goes, no, it's not. I'm like, look, I don't care if you like it, and I know you're exuberant over it. I'm just telling you this place is dirty and gross because it is. It's not very Jessica Dan-like, but the problem was is that she pulls over to this place. She wants a soda. So she pulls over to Delhi, double parks again. And while she's in there, this guy's honking because he needs to get out. And I'm like, what do you want me to? And I'm like, now I'm getting angry. Jessica Dan's getting very upset because this is a very selfish act for somebody to do to me. I'm like, please don't, please don't do that to me. There's a parking space right there. She goes, that's not on my way. So this guy's beeping and honking and I'm like trying to relax. I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. I'm rolling down the window. The guy's screaming at me. I'm like, "Ah." and then there's a guy behind. He's trying to get in. I'm like, what an asshole. I am so angry at her right now, but I'm trying to keep it together because I'm in Jessica Dan mode, but not permanent Jessica Dan mode because when she got back in the car, I had to say something, but I handled it very calmly. I'm like, you know, well, there was a guy who was trying to get out. You know, he's honking and honking. He says, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm just saying, you know, what you did when I asked him that, it was a little selfish. He's like, what? How is that selfish? He says, yeah. I'm like, I thought you were in your Jessica Dan character. I'm like, no, no, yeah. I'm just, just pointing out what you did. It was a little, little, little disrespectful to me sitting here. You know, when I asked you not to do it, I feel uncomfortable being double parked when I'm not the driver. And uh, no, I mean, the kids over here, I was hugging and kissing over here. And two minutes later, he's acting like a fucking jerk. No, 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 no. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. No, I didn't Sorry. insult him. I didn't insult him. him a little bit. No, no I didn't insult nobody. Give us a drink. Give us a drink. Okay. Come on, let's have some drinks, all right? Drinks on the house. Come on, let me... Yeah, no, have to drink with me. No, 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 no. no, no. Back him up. Oh, Billy, Billy. No. Drinks around the house. Come on, Come on. Come on. Come on. It's on the house. I fuck kids like that. Take care of So I said it like that because I, I just... It happened twice... And I just couldn't take it, but I didn't blow up. And I kept cool, and I just felt it had to be said so it doesn't happen again. Am I wrong about that? Should Jessica Dan have not have done that? It's a tough call. But like I said, I wasn't fully immersed in the character. It was a you know, really instantaneous Jessica Dan mindset. <laughs> so then we want to go to the boardwalk and walk around a little bit, and I'm like, God, I have so many horrible childhood memories here. I'm ruining her time, but I'm really trying not to i just say i hate it here but again in a calm manner i'm not but i guess it's i guess that was not cool and i get that and i apologized for that i'm like i'm sorry 
I know you love it here, and I get it. I'm just saying it's not my cup of tea. You know, I think it's dirty and gross. And You know, we went in this place, and there's homeless people there, and I'm like, I don't know why you like it here. It's really disgusting. <laughs> but I'm still having a good time. And I told her, I'm like, listen, I, I just want you to know, I'm having a really good time. I'm glad we're here. It's fun walking on the boardwalk. Um, but you know me, I, I love complaining. It's one of my things. So I'm in the Jessica Dan character, but I am very much enjoying myself and appreciate that you took me here. You know, minus that blip. Because later we got in the car, she goes, well, I hope you forgive me for that. Oh, no, no, I'll never forgive you for that. <laughs> and she got angry at that. But again, it was all said in uh, a polite <laughs> manner. Oh. Uh, I don't know what Damone would have done in that situation since that's what the Jessica Dan character is based on. Jeez, you know, I got to tell you, I, this guy was very angry when he came out. I want her to acknowledge, not that guy. Like, I don't want her to be like, fuck that guy. It's like, you have to understand what you did to me in that situation. I don't want to get shot at or beaten up just because you are crazy, which you are, because you're texting and driving, which he did on the way back as well. And I'm like, whatever, whatever. It's cool, baby. Like, I didn't. I didn't comment on that. I just let it go, which was a real, real tough because this driving in Coney Island, I don't know if you've ever been there. It sucks. It's crowded. It's small streets. People are nuts. The Belt Parkway is horrible. I mean, these are horrible roads that I dare anybody to drive on if you're not from this town and you're let alone a driving test. You know, I mean, it's, it's terrifying. But I let it go because Jessica Dan is all right. You know, we were a little late coming back. And I'm like, hey, it's cool. Yeah, I'll just uh, watch TV for a little while, take a shower, go to the play. Yeah, hey, don't worry about it. We did. I did. I got back and everything was fine. And I talked to the door guys downstairs for like a half hour because I'm like, hey, I got time. Still in my Jessica Dan character. Took a shower, met my sister. We had a cup of coffee. Saw this horrible production of Oliver, but then I got obsessed with Oliver. Because you remember, uh, I don't know whether you know, but many years ago, you, sometimes people ask, you know, why, why do you have these friends? You know, we talk about this all the time. What is it about you that people like in comedy? And I told you I had this one good performance in 95, 96. But the, the, the thing is, is that I also used to do things that I think people respected because I would try different things. And one of the things I tried, which I did multiple times and then had to retire because other people wouldn't understand. But my friends got it. Louis C.K. used to think it was really cool and Sarah and Dave liked it because it was different. And nobody had the guts to do anything like that because it's ridiculous but yet awesome. And I used to do this thing where I used to, I was fascinated that Oliver, the, the, the musical, won Best Picture in 1968. 1968 is where like all of our Heroes got assassinated. Vietnam was going on, right? The worst time in almost American history besides the Civil War, the 60s, we know, were bad times. And Oliver wins best picture? What kind of description? So I used to do this bit where I was talking about Vietnam. Vietnam, it is a tough time in American history. The draft, boys going to their doom. The Viet Cong. Your, your son may never come back. But here's what one best picture. Consider yourself at home. Consider yourself one of the family. We've taken to you so strong. It's clear we're going to get along. Consider yourself 
Well, in consider yourself part of the furniture. There isn't a lot. Don't spare. Who cares? Whatever we've got, we share. If it's the chance to be, we should see lots of harder days. Empty lot of days. Why gross? Always a chance we'll meet somebody to put the bill. Then the drinks are on the house. What's up, everybody? And I would just sing the song, and then I'd sing some other songs from that musical, and, you know, just go back and forth, and like, Martin Luther King assassinated. But what was winning? Best picture. Food, glorious food, hot sausage and mustard. While we're in the mood, cold jelly and custard. Pudding and Savoy's. What next is the question? Rich gentlemen have it, boys. In digestion. How are you? <laughs> it was a great bit. Maybe Dave Elliott remembers. I can't remember. And you know, it's just that was like the fun. But that kind of stuff is the reason I think when I was thinking about it yesterday or today. You know, when I think, how. Why am I friends with these people? It's not because I'm a good comic like they are. But I guess it was those things and they respected doing something different, which is the key. Anyway, I'm watching this, Oliver, and I'm like, this is awful. Meanwhile, I was like, I got to do some TikToks where I play the Artful Dodger in a production of somehow, like a 10-second thing where I'm just doing, I'm in the clothing and I'm doing the accent. I got to find a stage. (laughs) Old man does... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> something like that because it's too funny well 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 if it isn't Oliver Twist it is hello <laughs> I'll do that and the Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins and we'll just uh, show the comparisons but I'm watching this movie first of all this this horrible Nancy character that's got to be stricken from the records her talking about how oh my, my my man needs me I love when he hits me and then he's eventually going to kill me I'm in a completely re- abusive relationship but he me you got to cut that song out or you got to change it it's just i'm and you know how angry we are about stuff like that and we got to go soon but jesus christ that's got to go it's like the worst message it's worse than anything black or anti-semitic or something oh this woman just is the worst character in musical history (laughs) like just in the sense of just oh but he needs me oh oh god i was getting annoyed and it was a black woman playing her too so it's even worse and she was good i saw her in uh what did i see her in tootsie i think R- terrific actress i mean she's good the kid who played oliver was actually ter- his voice was terrific guy who played the dartful dodger was a piece of crap and this guy raul espinosa i saw him in a production of company he played fagan he was just okay it was a shitty production at city center you might remember the commercial from the 70s. We can't live a love alone at City Center. We can't plie a love alone at City Center. We can't la 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 had some wings at this place called Faces and Names. I did not take pictures, which was stupid. But I forgot that it was raining. And I walked her back to the Port Authority because she parks on this scary level. 
And I'm like, and she's like, I'm okay. And I'm like, nah, I can't, I can't. You, you paid for the drinks, paid for the, I got to walk you. The least I can do is walk you back. And fortunately, it stopped raining by the time I got there. So I was able to walk home. And then I watched the movie Oliver because I'm like, I got to see this movie again. Because this production stinks. And the fact that it's Best Picture, I got to watch it. And you know, our friend Jack Wilde from HR Puff and stuff is in it. And he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor in that. And then I was like, wait, what did, what did it beat? It really didn't. There wasn't a lot that year, and that's probably how it won. And then I was looking at the reviews, like Roger Ebert gave it this unbelievable review. It's just funny when a musical wins, and that was the last musical to win until Chicago in 2003. But it's just such a weird time because musicals weren't the yeah, I mean, you had, yeah, you had West Side Story, you had Sound of Music, you had that in the 60s. But remember, that was the growing time when the musicals were over. I mean, you still had Fiddler on the Roof coming and stuff like that, but musicals were ending because the times were clearly changing. And that's why I always get angry that that Facebook movie didn't win, what's it called, The Social Network, didn't win Best Picture because I need the years and what's happening during those years to be synonymous. So in 68, it, you know, it should have been more serious. You know, how can you let a musical win that has nothing to do with anything? I mean, it's a, it's a nice musical, I guess. Although... Really, the first act, well, most of these plays we've talked about, we were, I said to my sister, we should leave it at intermission. This first act leads, reads like a greatest hits of Broadway. And the second act is all reprises. There's four reprises. The guy like ran out of material. I'm like, why do, and it gets sad. Why do we even, what are we doing here? Let's just leave it at intermission. But she can't do it. I'm like, Vincent does it all the time. Larry Moss does it all the time. Let's just go. What are we waiting for? It's just going to get depressing. I told you a hundred times. Everybody should leave in the first act of Fiddler on the Roof. Let's leave happy. Why do you want to wait until the Nazis come in and sound of music? You know, let's just leave in the first half. There's no good songs after that. Maybe there's one. Who gives a shit? That way you leave a musical and the first act, everybody's great. <laughs> hey, this is great, right? Anyway, we got to get out of here. I could, I could talk. I More to say, but I... I don't know, and we're late, and I talked for all this time, and there was plenty to talk about. The bonus show is going to be great this week. Don't forget, May 15th at the Comedy Cellar. It's going to be terrific. Make them laugh. Uh, whatever happened, the next week will be great that I'll be able to tell you what happened. Uh, Billy Joel A to Z. We have, what, Vienna? This one, Vienna. Vienna coming up this week. Wait till you tell you my niece is going to the show. We're going to have her as the guest next week. It's going to be hilarious. Never been to Billy Joel concert. It should be hilarious. And that is also Just Gown the City. Remember, May 15th, Comedy Cellar. See you next time on Just Gown the City. Good night, everybody.